Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We appreciate you so much and all you continue to do in our lives to bless us and allow us to use our gifts to, yeah, to shine a light in this world, to uh, to glorify you in our own unique ways. And thank you for making us so uniquely. Thanks for letting our paths cross. Thanks for Alex um, being a good teammate back in the day, shooting all the balls, you know, feeling good about himself. And now look at what he, he's passing the rock now. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing thing how life can turn. So thank you for that, and thank you for just uh, the fun that we're about to have. Let us uh, be ourselves, and, yeah, let's give us the words, and let us have a good time and have a blessed podcast session. And bless our holiday season. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I got something to talk about. This world is messed up and crazy. How I'm supposed to know? How I'm supposed to show? Afraid you see me, then afraid you let me go. Somebody paid me the way. I'm just trying to grow. Start a fire, let them see the smoke. It used to be the Ultimate Bachelor podcast, but people couldn't handle the irony of it oh. because the irony behind it was you're supposed to make yourself the best version of, of man. Oh. Because, you know, through, yeah, 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 it was. I thought so. I loved the name. It was because uh, the irony was, you know, uh, progression of men through uncommon conversation, um, which is. The irony in that was that every conversation for guys is uncommon because guys don't really talk Have about real stuff. Oh, yeah. no doubt. We're getting real now. I like this. Yeah. yeah. So that. So anyways, but now it's the Name Change Podcast. I actually like that name, too. It, it has a little story behind it, so it's got some meaning, too. But um, Name Change Podcast with podcast. with uh, with who I might say could be my best friend, but yeah. isn't. Okay. Okay. And we're going to talk about that. But we are because, licensed, so that, that's at least a start. Well, it's a start because <laughs> there's so many connections through life. As I went and, you know, I read a little, I, I always like, I, I shouldn't, I'm lying. I don't usually read about <laughs> the people I do podcasts with because, I, you already because, know them well. because I already know them. And, yeah. and we know each other, but we, we've been out of touch for so long that yeah. uh, it was worth just going to check on some stuff. And as I went to check, I was like, what's going on here? So anyways, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. I always let people introduce themselves yeah. because, it's, you know, they say what they want people to know. So go ahead. Yeah, I do have one question at the end of that I'm going to I'm gonna start with. And I know it's your podcast, but it's only right. No, it's so, our podcast right now. Okay, so yeah, name change. That's right. Because we're changing yeah. the name, changing the game. Uh, yeah, I'm just me. I don't have a whole lot. Uh, I'm a father. Your I'm name. Your name. Um, yeah, my first name is Brian. Last name. I would say you can Google me, but I'm I'm getting closer to that. So I guess you can Google everybody now. Mm-hmm. Just having some fun. But no, uh, Brian Burton, I am here with Alex. I played ball with him back in the day. We were on the league. Did we win a championship? I think we did. Yeah. Yeah, we won the whole thing. Yeah. Won the whole thing back in the day, man. Back, back in the day. Because we, we had your brother with us, right? Plano, Texas. I don't know if he was on that team. Jason, at the Y, you talking about the one at the Y? The Y on the west side, though. Yeah. It was your hood. It wasn't my yeah. hood. It was yours. Yep. Yeah, yep. your side of town. I think you were the one who kind of knew about that league. Yeah, and then and then in the championship, we beat the dudes from the colony. Yeah, but what's the Y, though? It was a nice little place. It was the nice Y. Yeah, it was it was the newest Y in Plano okay. at the time. Okay, okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah, fun time. I had never been there other than Alex. For the league. Alex hooked us up. We played. We won. We came. We saw. We conquered. And right. uh, we're still doing the same thing, just in different yeah. spaces, different, different. I think life is probably we have probably about a 
15 year gap, maybe. Uh, Got to be longer than that because it's probably we, since since uh, I was in high school, probably. So, man, that's almost 20, 20 years, 20 year gap. We'll say 20 years. Okay. We, we can yeah. do that. 20 year gap. Um, yeah. Man of many things. So, I'm sure we'll get into all of them, but yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking forward to it. I will say, I'm not exactly sure. You have a headphone on for hearing, but then you have a headphone clear for. I'm just curious, like what's yeah, your yeah, because you don't usually see podcasts with both. You usually see them off or both on. So tell me your strategy. I like this. So, so I have my voice coming back into this, so I can hear. Um, so I can hear to make sure I always sound good. So I, I'm not cutting out or doing anything like that. Or if it starts to like, if my audio starts to mess up, cause I got a whole mixing board and stuff like that, but I do it for that. But it's, it's a lot to get the feedback of me in it both is. ears. So, um, so I can, I need the one ear to hear you, but it's a lot to hear the feedback. Do you, of both feel, ears. Do you feel like somebody in your life close to you would say, Alex, I too think it's a lot to hear you with both ears. Let me cover my That's going, that's going, they'd have to cover both, bro. Oh, all right. I got to get my hoodie on at least for the start. Right. All right. All right. So I don't don't even know where to start. First first and foremost, I'm going to start with why we should be, no, I'm going to start with why I wanted to reach out to you in the first place. So my dream job is to be essentially um, on like a first take type show, but I think I'd even prefer radio. But like, okay. Okay. but but one of those types of shows where now you are announcing games, yes. um, and we're going to get into that. And and so those relate really closely. I would I would also like announcing games, but my dream job would really be studio, um, you know, studio, but kind of even like what we're doing now, but just yeah. on a you know a more a bigger scale, but. So when I saw in, that in, in your dream, is your shirt on or off? Um, give me. I'm, the I'm fact out. that it hesitate means off. I already I'm knew out, that. I'm out. No, 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 no. I'm out of. I'm out of shape. I, I need about two weeks right now. I'm. I'm straight, but I'm not. I'm not. You know, yeah. take okay. your girl straight. But that's where you. But ideally, in your vision, you'd like to be in that space doing your show. <laughs> no. I, I I don't want to be. That's why I want radio, so people don't have okay, to gotcha. see me. Okay, got you. Okay, got you. Did say I told you okay, radio. Okay. Yeah, okay. like Mike and Mike, they they kind of put that vision in my head that 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 would be my dream job. What's that show called? Because it's not going to be the same name as this. No, because what would that show? Because uh, it would. I would want it to be about sports. Um, that would be. You have a name yet? I don't think you do. Um, you're gonna make it up. Um, it would be take a charge. Oh, okay. So is this like a are you a Rex Chapman fan? Is it like a blocker charge? Is that a part of the show? If it's not, it has to be. No. No. Blocker cool. charge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We we yeah, we can bring it in and it'd be like, oh, yeah, for sure. Are you from are you familiar with Rex Chapman's blocker charge? I am. Charge? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad we did this. So, anyways, so that's my dream job. So then obviously seeing your job currently really yes. interests me. Since since I even reached out to you, it evolved even more to where you know, now you're working for SMU. Am I correct? Yeah, it's a great at, at home. And you were where were you before that? Uh, so I currently last year I had 20 games. This year I have 50 games, which is all God. Um, I had with SMU games last year. With so SMU. I actually have 
So it's SMU, Texas A&M Commerce, Wyoming, and Northern Colorado. Okay. So Big Sky, American, Mountain West, and Southland. Okay. Okay. So so that's where the, all this came about, and we'll we'll definitely get to that. But I'm going to talk about why we should be best friends. Yeah. Okay. Let's do this. So we were friends. Yes. And, and teammates. Another, and, and teammates. And what's funny about us being friends, and what's funny about you being an announcer now. I, I don't feel like you were a man of many words when we were in high school. I feel like yeah. you were just kind of like to the point, cut to the shit. I feel like your your brother is more joke around, but I felt like you were always like, I mean, you joke around, but like not 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 overwording it. I'll put it that yeah, way. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think that's probably a good thing. I can take yeah. it. Some yeah. people along the way would say different. I would say, uh, yeah, so you're I think you're actually the same class as my brother or no? Uh one year older. One year one year, year older. What year did you graduate? I'm two thousand, you're two thousand two, right? Two, yep. Yep, that's what I thought. Yeah. And he's three. So yeah, so backdrop and you went to watch you. My brother visited. I went Wash to you. I went to DePaul with a W. Excuse me, I'm so sorry that I said No, that. you're fine. My stepbrother went to watch you for okay. law school. So I get the two confused. Yeah. They are in the same conference, correct? Yeah. Uh no, nope. Uh, division, not conference. They might be now, but they weren't when I was there. Uh, hold on. Am I still here? Wait a minute. Can I can I can see you? You can. Yeah, can you hear me? I can, but I, for some reason my screen is um can't see me. me otherwise, but I'm gonna keep talking and yeah, I, think I can see myself. Okay, yeah. so um, anyway, my brother visited DePaul. Yeah, really because of me meeting you. Really, after we graduated, after I graduated, after you yeah. graduated, and we're hooping, and I'm like, all right, well, he plays there. That may be a spot to look at. He thinks yeah. good things, and I knew the reputation. So, yeah. anyway. Um, so, that's yeah. another reason why I said we could have been best friends. Life life evolves, man. But evolves. but before that, so when did you get to UTD? Ooh. Uh, matter of fact, I think when we were playing that league, I think I was either – let me think. Because you didn't when, start there. I didn't start there. I went to stay there first for right. two years. And so and the I funny ran. thing is so – I think it was where, in between transferring. Yeah, that's where I really wanted to go was UT. Really? And my dad wouldn't wow. let me. Wow. Which is you know, crazy. You know what's funny about that story is that Jason wanted to go to UTD also, and I would not let him go there. <laughs> yeah. So did you play for Butterfield? Butterfield? Sorry, if you see this, I don't know if you will, but it's, it's been a long time. But, yeah, yeah. sorry, I blocked that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh and I, I kinda liked Coach Butterfield. I liked the dudes that were on the team. I remember now that he was recruiting you tough. I think yeah. I think I remember that. And, and it was crazy. I that's the only place me and my dad actually fought about because um what was his take? I don't know. He just didn't want me to go there. It didn't make any sense. That's the whole reason he, we fought. He didn't have he didn't have a take. He just, he said, just wanted want me to go to DePaul. Huh. Which is weird, right? You would think it, you would think you'd want me to stay. You know, you, most times parents want you to stay closer. UTD is a, still a great school. It is. It is. How did it work out at DePaul? Great, great. My dad was right. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. Same, no, I, same thing with my brother. I think for me, it was like, and your dad might have felt the same. The old, the OG wisdom. I was a young OG at the time with my brother, at least. And my dad was completely like, whatever. Didn't care. Mm -hmm. He was, you know. Yeah, because your dad liked it up. He, your it was dad a came. weird time. My parents got divorced. Uh-oh. He probably came to the games, right? Yeah, you know came, they came up there to DePaul. Yeah, so. Yeah, so he visited. So 
my dad at the time they had just got a divorce earlier yep. that year. So it was a weird time of like more wanting to make sure like they were still boys and so tight than it was. Yeah. He's still a parent, but it was a shifted role parent. It wasn't right. like a typical dad senior in high school type of relationship. So right. I kind of stepped in with the tough love and was like, nah, that's not the move. Mainly because I wanted him to have an experience. Yeah. Uh, basketball wise. And I wanted him to get away from home. Three hours, it was good enough. He went to Austin College. Yeah. He wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, no, and and so if he, I feel like if he would have come to DePaul, we would have won championships. He was he was exactly what we were missing. I appreciate that. Yeah, just like just like the summer, just like the, just like the summer league. Well, I t- right, but I told him that at the time. I was like, "Look, bro, because you remember? Do you remember David Knowles? I do remember David Knowles. That Very same well. summer, David Knowles was thinking about coming there. So it would have been me, David Knowles, and your brother. How about that? That and I was. Yeah, for for that level, for that level, that'd oh, that's crazy, because because I mean, I was recruited by a ton of D one places. Your brother, I I still believe, had he not got hurt in high yep. school, definitely would have gone D one. I agree. I and agree. Uh, and David Knowles, I think, had he not gone to Green Hill, maybe maybe not D one, but you know, very very good player for the level, for sure. Um, so it, it would have been crazy. Where did where did David Knowles end up going? He was in he was in California. And so this is what happened. David Knowles came and stayed with me that summer. Yep. Your brother came and visited while he was there, while, you know, while uh, camp was going on and stuff like that. Yeah. And so, that you know, I was I was in heaven. I was like, bro, I'm going to have both of them here. You know, good friends and, with and both brothers, of them. Let's be honest. There's not a lot of brothers at high academic division three universities hooping. No, no. But, but not only that, I was like, people don't even know, like, we're stealing both of these two to come right. here, which they right. felt like that about me. I mean, I, I led the team in scoring every year I was there. I mean, you, they would have been perfect. I can't. So, I mean, had he come there, obviously you and I would have been closer too, but it all worked out for him as well. Yes, it did. And now you're not only podcasting, but doing so many things. I don't, yeah. I won't get to yours because this is your show, but we we can get into some of mine, but I mean, you have your gonna... setup because you're doing the acting the modeling that people don't want to know that you didn't want to own it first. Right. But you got to own it. We got to hear you own that one time. We got to hear you own that. We'll see. Okay. And then, <laughs> so, so you, so that happened. You went to UTD. I almost went there. You, uh, and then it, it looks like you got into coaching. I did. school. I did. And so, bro, do you, you know, I lived in Indianapolis for like nine years and then my kids are still there. So I still go back there all the time. I did not know you were at IUPUI. Yeah, my last stop was at IUPUI, and then I started an AU program coming out of college. Matter of fact, after my season, we literally had tryouts in the UTD gym um, not too long after. Dallas Hunter, if you remember that name, mm-hmm. rest, in, rest in heaven. And yeah, Anthony What happened Smith. to him? Uh, unfortunately, he passed recently, uh, probably four years ago, maybe. Maybe it's three yeah, it was a sad story. He uh he had some battles that were deeper than the surface. Right. Similar to what we just saw with uh Twitch. Yeah. And unfortunately those battles won. And um but he lived a great life. He's got a young son who's up and coming. Yeah. Uh, but Dallas was an enormous talent. I mean, yeah, he, whoa, yeah. He I was, was a which is top funny. five player in the state. Which is funny because was he your brother's age or a year younger than your brother? He was two years. I think he was 
He might have been three years younger than my brother. No, he couldn't have been that young because I he was there when I was there. So okay, so he was so my brother's a senior, so he may have been a he may have been a sophomore because they played together yeah. maybe two years. Okay. Funny thing is, he was the only when I was a senior, he was the only kid younger than us. Because I mean, I knew Jason, so I wasn't worried about Jason. But other right. than Jason, he was the only kid in Plano I was worried about. Yeah, like if we showed up at the wreck, I was like, okay, I mean, I gotta watch him a little bit. Problem, it's a problem. Six five for those for context. Six five before the position was kind of created, a little right. more point forward. Right, it's a bigger guard who yeah. had crazy, as they call it now, East Bay. He could East Bay right. easily on any any point in time. Handle, he was strong. So right. yeah, it was like this dude was creating a lab. It felt like right. Like, where did that come from? And. Um, yeah. I coach him, Anthony Smith, who ended up being who's still playing professionally to this day, I think. Yeah. Last year. Actually, no, he just finished. He's actually doing some radio okay. calls on his alma mater, Liberty. Okay. Um, but anyway, so Anthony and him, we created this team, this AU team, getting the game, it leads us into college. My last college stop was IUPUI. So that was just two years ago. I don't yeah, think it said 2019. Were you still there? Uh, I mean, like I said, I'm in Chicago and I'm down in Indianapolis oh, all yeah. the time. So I'm yeah, back and forth all the time. Um, I've been all over the Midwest as of recently. So since uh, 2015, probably, I came to Chicago, then Detroit, then back to Chicago, all that stuff. So nice. all over the place. Born, we were born in Flint and have family in Detroit. Lived in Southfield for five years, maybe? Yep. I was over there for like three years, closer to the airport, but, yeah, but okay. over that way. Yep. So you did that. And so now... Obviously, I talked about the announcing, but but you know, even as you told me as we were trying to set this up, what's some of this other stuff you're doing? Yeah, so uh, to to put it shortly, as an assistant coach in college, you are your job is to similar to probably you can relate to in a yeah. sense in medical sales. Your job is to to recruit yeah. number one, you which is funny break- because I, I just did a podcast on recruiting. Where, and I'm just giving some some context for you. Did a podcast on recruiting, whereas with a buddy of mine from Indianapolis who was a very high recruit at, coming out, nice. and then he was a assistant coach. At, at, What's his name? I may know him. Uh, Mike Bennett. I don't know. Keep going. No. So then he was a coach at a couple different schools: Toledo, uh, Ball. Assist, he went to Ball State. He was assistant at Ball oh, State. Oh, nice, 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 nice. Um, and then, and then now his son is being recruited for baseball, though. So we nice. talked about all three phases of that, you know, going from trying to listen to your dad to now being the dad, giving the yeah. advice versus, you know, talking to parents, recruiting them and all that stuff. Anyways, keep going. Love, you were talking I about love, your job is uh, to recruit. Yes, yeah, so your job is to recruit and bring in talent, number one, because you can't win without talent, right? Mm-hmm. So, and the longer you're in it, you're, you're on this quest to continue to evolve, develop your skills as a X and O, as a um, – strategist as a person who can run a program be the ceo of a program that's kind of the big terminology buzzwords now and you realize that there's so many coaches but there's so few jobs that you can actually get to become a head coach right most head coaches they're not leaving unless they either get promoted to get another job or they get fired because they haven't won but if you can do just enough you can hang on to your job right well, Division One is three sixty-five. Let's just say I don't know exact number, but something some three sixty-eight maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then Division Two, you have this number, but at that level, it's less you get let go. So anyway, long story short, 
I just started thinking about the older I'm getting in the game. I'm like, I just don't want to keep. I never felt like I was called to be a head coach. I did yep. feel like I was called to be an assistant. Yep. But I didn't have this desire growing up that I want to be a head college coach. That wasn't like my dream. It didn't look right. like that. My dream knew I wanted to be in the game. I just didn't know what it was. You know, And I, and I hope Jason listens to this because it's about time he stops being a head coach. Oh, he's loving it's just, it. He's, it's, just not, it's just not going that well for him. This is his, it's not going well at all. <laughs> uh, this is his first year Division One now. So it's like yeah. he's, riding, he's riding a whole different wave. So, yeah. yeah. And for context, he is doing extremely well. Extremely we'll well. You can only say that because he's doing extremely well. Absolutely. You wouldn't be able to say it otherwise. No. Um, so, yeah, so that was probably. I would have I... said, your brother's still a coach, huh? Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, for context, he's all time winningest coach at his university. Uh, they're Division One. He was number one in the country last year. He's he's killing it, at, yeah. to say it kindly. Um, so, yeah, the, the college game is just it's what it is. But you, right. at some point as an assistant, you just start realizing you're a cog in the machine, right? And, mm-hmm. and you can be replaced. You can keep going. But you're going to be a traveling salesman. Right. And you're going to always move to different cities for the next best job until you get a chance to get your head job, which if you love it, it's perfect. You just do it, you know, right. but – for me, I just started thinking like, what is the end game of this? Right. You know I mean? like, where am I going to be able to be a head coach? So I started interviewing for head coaches, interview for I think five head coaching jobs in my last two seasons. Okay. And because you had been an assistant coach for how long? By that time, about fifteen years. Okay. Which, yeah. which, uh, you know, I'm going to even say more, even though it's not not my yeah. my role. One, it's hard on everybody to be an assistant coach. Oh my god, no question. Because because you can only do it one of two ways. Like you said, you can either keep probing and find your head coaching right. job, but then there are some like lifelong assistants that want to be assistants, yep. but you're you're then dependent on how well your head coach does and if Absolutely. he takes you with you. Yep. Who who is only dependent on the decisions of 18-year-olds. So essentially, you are defected, but you are affected by the decisions of 18 year olds that you don't even necessarily kind of, but you don't necessarily get to directly tell what to do. Yeah. And you can tell them what to do, but they can do whatever they want. <laughs> well, But it holds a little more weight when the head coach does it. No doubt. And, and, yeah. and you may, you may want player a, yeah. you know, player a can help you win. And but, you watch them so much more and you've invested, you put the time right. in right? and you know, but your head coach may say, I want player B. I just right. know I want him. And then he gets him and he's not happy. It's like, yeah. ah, coach, you can't coach him or you can't. Right. So right. anyway, it's 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 a slippery slope. Your livelihood, as to your point, is dependent on 18 to 23 year old young people and their and their performance. Right. Not just the decisions, but their performance. So that's a tough space, period. And a long career someplace for a head coach now is like five or six years. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. So five or six years in a real human life is not a long time to be in one place. No. And so, and, and the tricky part too is not to get too much in depth on college basketball, but you can do everything you're supposed to do, get your coach, the right players that you win a championship. He gets the next job and he has every Liberty not to take you with him. Yeah. So there's no direct, you got to have a lot of faith in there or a lot of, you got to be crazy. One of the yeah. two, Yeah. but there's no direct, reward for your performance in that field so yeah. it not got always to not always we'll say yeah sometimes. And, and and sometimes yes but it's just it's no there's no there's not a lot of certainty in that right so and with it with this inconsistent and unstable as it is 
let's say you work in the corporate field and you live in Dallas. Well, if it's not stable at your place or you, you, you're performing and you're not able to move, you can get another job in that metropolitan area probably or somewhere in close enough. Yep. Whereas in coaching, there's only so many jobs in so many places. So you're, right. you're, you're bound to move. We lived in seven combined cities, my wife and I, who's a retired college head coach in volleyball. And now she's a high school head coach and a CEO as well. We'll get to that. Yeah. But uh, it just, Someone, someone's got to have some success over there. Somebody she's coach of the year. She's the one I, I know. I know my role. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fall back. Um, between her and my brother and my, and so her twin sister is a head division one volleyball coach as well. Okay. So yeah, ball is life in this world. So yeah. anyway, it just got to a point where, you know, you want to be, you want, you want to end game. So yeah. for me, it got to the point where I knew eh, something else has got to be out there. Pandemic happened similar to what you spoke about before we started. And it just felt like, What's what's really next? Seven combined cities in our first three years of marriage. Yeah, two kids, possibly another one on the way. Let's get some stability in this thing. And yeah. what happened is, I was closer to the mountaintop, and you can get knocked down for something that's beyond your control, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody's opinion or whatever. And now you're making half of your salary. Your job is even harder, but yet. It's all about, like you said, your head coach you work for. Right. And it just started making me look around like, wait a minute. I just need to be in that seat so at least I can have some control of the work I put in. So we step out on faith. I can get into that story. But um, the the direct part of what we're doing now is being a chance to be head coaches of our own um, lane, so to speak. So my – couple lanes is media which involves broadcasting it involves podcasting it involves um writing slash covering college basketball yep. and high school and whatever but but okay keep going and i'm gonna ask yeah, yeah so that part is so you got a media side you have a business ownership side where it's uh we have a company called uprise where we do consulting events and development for basically a youth sports business so we have that and then we also have um within that media business we have consulting there for branding um marketing along with uh career navigation so i can go on and on and on but we've been able to figure out how to use this first career to allow us to have another career and then somewhere in there i missed the scouting aspect for colleges because you still have those relationships and you still have relationships with players and the portal has become such a thing before in scouting, you used to have to go to all these high school events and make a bunch of notes. Now half of it is relationships with these kids that are leaving school a to school B who's the person in the middle that can help connect some dots and help make some things happen. So we we've been encouraged and talked into getting into that lane from college coaches. And now that's also been a thing. So Basically in, anything in basketball. Uh yeah. Well, more so in more so in um basketball. My right. wife does she's a high school coach. She's the CEO of our youth sports organization. She runs the volleyball side. She does a lot of camps, academies, right. clinics. Uh we also do basketball tournaments. We do uh youth leagues, we do three on three league, we do skill development, 
um, help kids navigate and parents navigate the recruiting space. Right. And then she does a lot of consulting with schools to either do their camps or uh, to work with coaches directly on, yeah, just like program management consulting, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and then we also have done, started to get more into, I work with a company called Rising Coaches where I'm the vice president of diversity, equity, inclusion, where we try to help provide more jobs and opportunities and visibility access for minority slash underrepresented population, which can be women. It can be, um, you know, any type of minority, whether it's Asian, Hispanic, black for, for our particular sport, those are the least amount of populated coaches. So we're in that space too. So we also, we had our first few clients and helping them to go through the interview process and land jobs. Cause we work with search firms to go through this simulation. We're now in year three. So we said, you know what? More people need this access to this information. Basically, the cheat codes. What are the cheat codes? If you got in college, if you were in college athletics and you wanted to get a job and you're interviewing for a head job, yeah, are those cheat codes. Nobody knows them because you're worried about winning games. Yeah. You don't know what it's well, like. You're, to you're not. Yeah, you're not focused on that. Stuff. You're not even focused on that. It's not even a thing. So there's a lot, but there's the most of it. Okay. You explain it all. Pat. You explain it all. Your stuff is boring. Because you got so much stuff, and now I, I didn't get to talk for like three minutes. Usually, I ask someone. I, so usually, I ask it was, someone. What it was a quick ISO. It was a quick right. ISO. Usually, I ask someone what they're doing. They tell me two things, and we move on to the next thing. You got to <laughs> tell me like six things. Hey, you can get lost in that real quick. No, that's no, well, what that. it, uh, Listen, I, I put my hands in everything that I can and figure it out. You fail. You you know some yep. progress. Some you you hand off to someone else. So. I appreciate it so much. I, as our, as our business mentor, one of them would say, "You float canoes until you realize which one can turn into ships." Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a great quote. Can you see me again yet, or no? Yeah, yeah I'm here. Okay, okay, okay. So, anyway, so you said two things that I want to touch on, and and you know, I'm not going to go into depth with all your stuff, but you brought up two things that I wanted to touch on. I know one of them was the transfer portal. And the the other one was what I was about to interrupt you for first. Yeah. And now I can't remember. But I first, I want to ask you, as someone who was recruiting, what do you think about the transfer portal? Uh, I love the player empowerment time that we're in, whether it's transfer portal NIL. Yeah. I love it because for so long, coaches have had all the power. Yeah. And now players do, which makes coaches have to be accountable. Sure. I also love it, as I was just saying earlier, uh, today in one of these interviews and, and conversations with a coach, which is the transfer portal. It may, you may lose a good player, right? But you can also get a good player now yeah, because you're immediately eligible. Yeah. There's a bigger pool of good players before the transfer portal would only allow the good players to go up. If you right. graduated, you yep. could grad transfer, you were automatically going up. Yep. Whereas now players can come up and down and it yep. feels like, there's a healthy balance of at any point in time, you can get a good enough roster to compete to win games. See, I'm going to be the devil's advocate. And and I don't even know that I necessarily believe completely what I'm going to say. But I think, I, like I think sometimes kids need to be – those age kids need to be protected from themselves. And I did like the rule before – because what happens is – and, you know, not all kids have a great home life. But what happens before is you have a lot of people – and a lot of decisions go into which school you you start at. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Right. Sure. 
and now I feel like, and yeah, families can get involved, but I feel like, and and you know this from coaching, I don't know that 19, 20-year-olds should just be able to switch that quick. Right. You know what I mean? And I don't necessarily have a reason why I think that other than knowing 18 and 19-year-olds, because I can see, and I know you've seen this, I go to practice, or I lose my starting spot, or I'm not playing as much as I want. And so, and so I'm just switching schools as opposed to actually learning lessons that that you know either I make myself better, I work harder, I it's yeah. a patience test, anything like yeah. that. I de- I with that said, I don't necessarily like how it was before either, right? I, I don't like how if you have a valid reason to be switching schools that you have to sit out for a year um when there's when there's different things. I think there should be a mix between the two and I'm I'm making this up on the fly. I think there should be a mix between the two. And I think there should be a committee that looks at every instance and, um, you know, approves it or denies it, which is also going to cause problems. But I think what we have right now is 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 really playing a slippery slope with yeah. with 18 or 19 year olds. Yeah, I think to, to your point, they had a committee. Yeah. NCAA did more yeah. or less. And it used to be about a waiver. You had to apply for a waiver and mm-hmm. really – how the transfer portal the transfer portal has been there longer than this recent wave right transfer portal still made you sit out right so it was probably two one or two years before the one time waiver of the transfer portal right. is what hit the reason why the one time waiver hit is because let's just say for example and I, I don't want to i don't know for sure if these two schools but i'm pretty sure some of the bigger schools got denied on those waivers right Oh yeah, and, it, so and some of the other bigger schools got accepted. Yeah. So now it became, well, wait a minute, they're getting a player, we're not, and it became a big thing. Sure, that you're getting to decide who wins and who doesn't because right. these waivers are affecting college right. basketball. It's an all American, sure. and this person right. can be a starter or whatever. Right. So I think there's a lot of truth to that part that one person shouldn't have that space to decide it or one committee. Right. But I do think there's a lot of truth to the accountability part and the um, the free market of not maybe teaching accountability or having kids maybe learn some of those lessons. The flip side, though, is it's real out here. So yeah. if you're going to be in college, if you're going to be in the workforce and you're going to leave your job because your your boss said whatever they said right. and you got to go find another one, then you got to deal with whatever comes with that other one. Right whatever comes with maybe having to deal with unemployment in between or yeah. whatever. So the thing about college basketball now is major, I think over 60%, maybe 65% of players that go into the transfer portal for basketball division one, do not go back division one. Really? So people don't talk about that part. The number is way over 50%. So they go into the portal and they end because up Think lower. about it. Yeah. Most of the people that go there, average less than five points a game or six. Well, yeah, because they're, they're the ones I'm talking about that are unhappy. Yeah. So we only hear, playing. we only hear about the studs. hundred percent. You hear about the success stories yeah. and you hear about the NIL money that's thrown around for this yeah. kid to come here. And so there becomes this fad of, well, I'm just going to the portal. Like they're yeah. not making me, but then you have to learn the hard way. Well, maybe you got to go to Juco. Maybe yeah. you got to walk on someplace because you don't have yeah. a scholarship anymore. Right. There's no scholarship for you. Maybe you have to drop two or three levels. So yeah. that's the part that people don't talk about a lot. And there's yeah. a lot of these kids that are floating out there with bad advice and they jump in there. And then it's like, well, you can't go backwards in most cases. 
Yeah. Now, granted, there's exceptions. If you had, if you average 15 a game, and that coach is like, "We're going to take you back, but it's going to be different now. You don't have the yeah. same role." That's what you got to take. But yeah, a lot of times coaches are not even accepting players back that go into the portal. Some is it goes both ways. Like, hey, we'll let you go into the portal, and if we'll give you a deadline by that time, we we need you to know if you're coming back or not. Right. So I've seen because yeah, there's so all, much invested in these kids. So much invested, and pl- coaches also can't be handicuffed. So I will say that somebody that did put a, a a date that you have to be in the portal by. Right. What's happening is. It was supposed to be a one-time waiver. Let's say Alex transfers from DePaul to DePaul in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And you're only supposed to transfer once. Well, maybe DePaul, you played 15 minutes and not 35. Right. Like, you know what? I'm going to UIC now. Yeah. In Chicago, I'm transferring a little bit down across the street. Well, I'm not right. supposed to be eligible right away, but I'm going to put in a waiver. And what's happening is the NCAA is having a hard time denying all these waivers so it's really becoming this unlimited transfer space. So anyway, not to get too far in that this, hole. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. And I'm proposing it right here. And yeah, and, and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get going. We the NCAA, because I know they're listening right now. The NCAA needs us to create an education process that that anyone who goes in the transfer portal needs to take. And we're gonna educate them on what all their options are, what they're risking, the right. the the failed stories just as much right. as the success stories, right? And 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 do some consulting for them, because what what needs to happen is they need to have more information before whatever date it right. is, right? And I think I think it'll make everyone better, right? Like you know, it'll make it better for coaches because they'll know, okay, well you you go in the transfer portal and talk to me after you get out of your training your right. transfer training. Right. And then let me know if it's still what you want to do. The problem is the rates. The rate of change is like 2,000 kids in the transfer yeah. portal. Yeah. And it happens in like a two-week period. Well, it could be an online training. Oh, yeah. It's going to have to be something. Yeah. Yeah. But they're going to treat like defensive driving, just click, 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 click. Right. I want to go to the portal. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. But, but I mean, what I think you're going to save some, though, because you have some that, that can make the right decisions, just aren't informed right. enough. And I think what they're trying to do to the NCAA's credit, and they just got a new president, so who knows what he brings in right. uh, starts this upcoming year. But they are attempting to educate more kids in the beginning of the school year, yeah. supposedly, to tell them the numbers yeah. so that, hey, after the season, if this happens, okay, but here are the numbers. Well, you know, you know I'm doing some acting and modeling, so, you know, I can – you know, I can stand there. So you want to go in the transfer portal. Yeah. <laughs> Before you do, they're take gonna, a couple minutes to understand your options. <laughs> watch these three steps. And you know those uh, workplace uh, trainings? Oh, yeah. Where they, you know, where it's like people talking to each other. It'd be like, Jimmy, no, don't talk to me. I'm going in the transfer portal. Jason should what? The role play. What, one. So, anyways, yeah. Enough about that, though. Back cheers, to the, by the way. Yeah, cheers for sure. Cheers to, to your orange Kool Aid. No, it was it's it's a it's a concoction that should have alcohol in it for sure, but it doesn't. But it's, probably right like, it's probably like a protein power drink. No, no. Normally, it would have alcohol in it. That's that's where it came from. But my question for you was, which is a which is a a big question, is why did you think, as a coach, fifteen year coach, yeah, that you could switch into other stuff. 
What what made you think? Yeah, good question. I think if 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 I want to be completely inclusive and transparent, right? Uh, my faith walk was a huge part of it. I think okay. I felt like that uh, God was calling for something for me to pause and be right. still. Like, don't feel like you have to chase this anymore. Sure, I'm good. Coaching. Before I was before I was running away from it, and God was like, "Wait a minute, you need to be here." Running away from what? From college coaching. Okay. I was running away from it. I did not want to do it. I was yeah. trying to not do it because of what I was afraid of. Yep. Uh, I value family. So, so for, for context, my, my parents divorced right. when I was in high school. I graduated from high school, literally my last day of school, my parents, just when I found out they were getting divorced. But I right. saw an unhappy home. My parents are both great parents. Right. They along well now. But as a kid, not what you want to see, not what you right. want to experience, right? Right. So that was a part of me. So what I knew about college basketball was that didn't align with my life and what my vision was. I want to have a great family dynamic. Right. I want to have be great with my wife and have a great relationship with my kids, and I want that to be the most important thing to me. Sure. Well, and again, it's not a knock to my parents. My parents were great parents. We've talked about my brother and my older brother successful. We've all figured out the success part, but we didn't see healthy marriage, right? Right. I knew college basketball, that ain't really the thing that you are, is that celebrated, right? Right. See that one side has to significantly sacrifice. Especially as an assistant coach. A hundred percent, especially as an assistant coach, because you don't have control of your time. Right. Someone's telling you where to go, where to be, your schedule, all that. So um, that has something to do with it. I think that uh, the pandemic happening and the timing of it, I was trying to get these head coaching jobs which made me, God just kind of used it like he wanted me to think bigger. Right. As an assistant, you're put into a box. You only, especially as black men, you recruit. Yeah. You recruit, you get me players, and I'll keep you a job, and you'll 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 get a raise depending on if I feel like it or not, whatever. Right. You'll get the next job. So you're put into a box. You're not even thought to coach. You're not thought to be good at X and O's. We don't need you for that. We just need you to get good players. So – to think out. By the way, way, what Brian means is thank you for all the opportunities he was given. Hundred percent, I'm grateful. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking shit. I'm talking shit. No, but it's what no, it it's is. Just, it's just the role. No, I mean it's 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 tough. And think about it. Think about yeah. it. Think about any famous coach. You see their salary, and it's not a knock to them. This is just we're just having real talk, right? Yeah. They make millions. Yep. Assistant coaches don't make anywhere close to millions. Right. It's most of the time. And so the, the the proportion of it and the most important role, yes, the head coach is super important. Yeah. If you don't have good players, you're not a good head coach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Phil Jackson could coach this Lakers team now and he probably could, you know what I mean? Like it's what yeah. it is. They have some good players, they don't have enough. Yeah. And I was and I was arguing the other day to a guy who was an assistant coach. I think he was just being devil's advocate. But I'm I'm I was saying a head coach has nothing to do with the players he gets. And the reason I said that was because if assistant coaches don't bring him the player, right? right? I mean, they don't even go look at the top rankings until one of his assistants says, he says, we need a three next year. We need a four next year. And then the assistant coach is going to bring him a list of guys that that he needs to look at. Right. And so essentially he could bring him a list of guys that are terrible. That's when the head coach gets involved. He could get all of them. And like you said, he could be bad. So right, I don't yeah. think I don't think people give. Uh, no, I shouldn't say it's not about. I don't think people don't give assistant coaches enough. Oh, head credit. coaches are very detached. They come yeah. in at the end, 
They yeah. come in to make decisions and they come in yeah. to make your job harder and say, no, he's not good enough. Go give yeah. me more. Yeah. Go give me a new list. It's yeah. like, wait a minute, this list is great. You know what I mean? So and it's not, and it's and I also don't want to make it sound like they're not doing anything because they have a role, you know, they're they're managing absolutely. different things. Yep. So but it's okay. similar to in a corporate structure in any business, yep. most of the time the worker bees the the, the paradigm, right? Yep. The, the the people at the bottom are doing this busy, right, bigger conceptual work. The people right. at the top. They have these important decisions to make. Yeah. They may have this unique talent or whatever, but like they're decision makers, but they're not necessarily doing some of this grunt work. Well, and they're responsible because in the end, no one, no matter where you were, no one's going to look back and say, man, that recruiting cast sucked. Brian Burton wasn't, wasn't doing his job. They're going to say so-and-so when, I mean, on the blogs and, and right, 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 right. yeah. Right, so anyways, right. but point where where you're getting away from, which I really want to dig deep into, is why did you think you could do it? So you're telling me why? Oh yeah. So why did I think did so, it? But yeah. What, yeah. So what, why what did, what did I you think? think? I don't. I, I, I don't do know. This. I don't know if I. That's a great question. Why did I think? I didn't catch that part. Yeah. I thought that I had no other choice okay. but to figure out okay something different. I think sure. for me, it was a crossroads that was right. very clear. Yeah. Your your career, although it was ascending fast, I got like three or four promotions three years in a row. Like right. I'm like ascending, and then you're just looking around at it, and you hit this flat line slash this little dip, and you got to make a decision: Do I really want to try to climb that ladder again? Right. That, quite honestly, it's a transactional world, transactional yep. business, and it doesn't make it wrong. It's just what it is. Yep. It doesn't mean everyone in it is transactional only, but it's. Yep. Heavily transactional, sure. which most businesses are. Yeah, but there's not a lot of tr- there, there's some transformational connection, but not always. Yeah, right. So I think it just what happened to my family. I didn't have a family the first my last three years of my career. I was married and I had started having kids. Right. Your alignment changed when you're young. You're like, oh, I'll take any job. I'll do whatever. Yep. I'll go wherever. You know. You start having a family and you're 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 your priorities change. Yep. Oh, for me, it was this shift of, am I going to be more like what I saw? And again, it's not to knock my own father. Am I going to be more like my own dad? And, yep. and I'm going to chase this success that looks worldly, or am I going to really invest in the success in my home and in my life and in my wife and in my kids? Yep. That's where I wanted to be. That's where I wanted to win championships. Yep. I knew that. It's just I didn't know what I was going to next. So it was literally this huge leap of faith of like, God, I have no idea what's next. Yep. No idea what I'm doing, but I'm not going to coach this next year. I feel like you're telling me that. I'm going to accept that and see what happens. So literally living in an in-law's basement for a year on collecting unemployment. You were always a scrub to me. So that that, yeah. that place. <laughs> <laughs> Started from the bottom that we hit. Right. You know what I mean? uh, but yeah, and then it just – it's it's evolved since then, but so it then a- so then progressing in the questions, when yeah. did it click then? So when, so you got when, so you're down at this, what you feel like is hard, and we all know, you know, we we don't have any real struggles, life right? Get, life can get a lot harder, right? Yeah. So so that's a blessing in itself. But let's talk about when. Okay, so you you made this decision, or you're forced into this decision, and then it's like. I think everyone has this thing where it's like, I don't know if it's a day, it's a moment, it's a time period of when they feel it start to like shift or click on. And you're like, Oh, 
I guess this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So I think it's it, so. So to go back to like the how did I think? I thought I I had to make a decision, one way or the other. Yeah. What's your priority? So. Yeah. I just said I'm gonna push pause. I don't know where I'm going. Like yeah. I don't have. I'm not going from coaching straight to broadcasting right. or coaching straight to being an entrepreneur. Like I didn't think did that you, was... did you even, well, I guess right there I'm thinking, did you even think about broadcasting? Uh, thought about it in the back of my mind, like maybe, but not at the beginning. Yeah, not at the beginning. For sure. Not at all. Eventually when you had time to think, right. but not at the beginning, I didn't even know I was making a shift. I just knew I was living in the basement yeah. and collecting unemployment. So it started. Where, where was your wife at in that thing? What's she thinking? Uh man, bless her soul of of a human. You talk about like coaches' wives are the most important, or some of the specialist people on the earth to put up with coaches. She uh, and she wasn't she is a coach, so she understood it. But the wife side is different because she yeah. had been she had literally been living. We lived long distance three different times, right? And the last time when I was in Indiana, she's living in Texas and has both our daughters, and she's doing it all. She's yeah. working, yeah. owning a volleyball club, doing running a volleyball business, and being single mom basically yeah. gone so the whole time and i never forget this one of her famous quotes in my world is uh job titles are temporary but purpose is infinite okay yes, yes. job titles are temporary purpose is infinite so she just wanted me to stick to a purpose like i don't know where it's gonna lead but i i right. believe in you and it's gonna work out so yeah. that was probably the biggest thing to me but the real thing that changed, and you hear some of my kids in the background. Um, Barely, the real so don't worry changed, about it. Yeah, the real thing that changed is uh, the moment for me that you asked about, the moment of clarity. It came after what was probably the hardest week of our life, which was deciding. We learned we're 11 weeks into pregnancy. Yep. Fly to Indiana to get my car from storage because it was yeah. Indiana forever. And we're driving back. She's driving. I'm sleeping. Get that. And she wakes me up. She's on the call. She's crying. She stops the car. We're pulled over. And I'm like, what's going on? She hands me the phone. She gets out. She's on the curb. And I'm just like, what is happening? I hear some of it. Yeah. Basically, the doctor's like, hey, you guys, when you come back to town, I know you're on the road or whatever. But Wednesday, we're going to have, this is a Monday. Wednesday, we're going to have to meet on, if you're going to continue pregnancy, your child has an 89.5% chance to have Down syndrome. Right. So we're like, okay. And yeah. hardest thing as a man, and that is, number one, you don't get to make the decision, and we shouldn't necessarily have the right to make a decision in some ways. Yeah. It feels wrong. But um, on the same breath, it definitely wasn't my decision to lead because it's not my body. Right. You know I mean? So a lot of stuff that we had to work through on those car rides. It's like God almost knew we needed to get that call at that time. Yeah. And a million miles in the car to still drive right. and an yep. overnight stay along the way. So no way will we be able to have that isolated time to think and talk. Yeah. Having kids at home and living. For sure. For sure. So that was the hardest time. Cause I'm looking at it as a man, like I don't have a job. I'm living in my in-laws basement. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Right. I don't exactly, I'm not exactly leaving the most confident place in my career. So yeah. And part of that was due to almost fighting for what's right a little bit and doing well at your job to where it backfired and then you lose a job because you're 
make it a little bit more of a moral stand, and it's not always the place to make a moral stand. It's, right. Yeah. It's, it's your hire to do stand. Yeah. yeah. So here I am, like questioning everything, and uh, talk to some of my close friends. Uh, very few people in that time period and space prayed a lot. Went to see the doctor. I thought when we went to see the doctor. Never told this part of the story. I thought at that time that we were leaning towards not having it. I didn't yeah. know. We didn't talk a lot, but it was a lot of stuff to deal with for my wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Me, and I just thought like, well, let me ask all the questions about what does that look like so she can feel comfortable that she doesn't have to ask it. Right. All the while I'm doing that, she's asking all the questions about keeping it. And I'm thinking like, oh, is she considering keeping it? Yeah. Which I thought was like just an amazing start just to consider it. Right. But then we end up praying about it, making a decision, crying, all that stuff. And I think once we made that decision was the starting of the moment. But once our daughter was born and she did have Down syndrome and she's downright perfect for our family, she is the secret weapon. Yeah. She is the purpose of every she, – she gives you clarity and purpose every day. Right, right. She gives you clarity in what life is really about rather yeah. than what we think it's about. Sure. So I think that moment was the moment when I knew – to start like, yeah, you made the right decision to just make this about your family. Sure. Didn't know what it looked like. And so the next phase was when um when jobs opened at offseason in college basketball. And the two jobs I was just telling us this morning, two jobs that opened one, Colorado State, which is literally like a rock's throw away from where I live. <clears throat> great money. You know what I mean? You're talking like for college basketball assistants, they make great money. Um well over six figures. Um, and they win and they do it in a way where they value family and like it's not this right. transactional, like win at all costs, right? Yep. And I knew those guys. So that was like intriguing. And then one of my close friends was going to get the job at North Texas, possibly. Oh, okay. Wow. His head coach was going to get elevated. Yep. And that's at the crib. And yep. it's one of my best friends. So it's like I had two decisions to make. In my mind, even though they, they weren't offered to me, they right, were in my right. mind of like to even pursue would you, them. Would you want to pursue them, or yeah. would you say yes if they pursue you? Right. And that was probably the moment that really made it clear. About twelve hours, I was like, "Yeah, I could see." And you're trying to make it make sense, and you're kind of vibing, but then it hit it hit me like, "I don't want to do it." Yeah, I don't have any desire. So once I knew I was done, I think that's when it made it a clear moment of like, "You're exactly where you're supposed to be." Yeah, man. That's crazy. It's a lot. It's cr- I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot in there. I'm trying to think of which which way to even go from there. Because you, you think, and I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, you think you have it figured out in the middle of coaching, I'm sure. You're like, I'm just going to be a coach. I'm going to be a coach. I'm going to be right. a head coach. Right. You know, right. I'm, I'm progressing. I'm, you know, I'm climbing. I'm, I'm next up. Yeah, I'm on the path to, to do it. And then it all changes, which is – different than a lot of people who change right a lot of people who change are on their way i've been on the way down hit bottom and they're like i gotta change right you know what i mean so it's 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 actually i don't want to say a more noble change because like you said like you said at the point of you did get to the point where you were you said you were had to have a change but yeah i think i was it, i was at a respective bottom though for myself right. because right. i had just been making I mean, just sheer from financials right. alone. Yeah. You're making one, you're making six figures, so you're making yeah. half of that. Yeah. But when you get your salary cut in half plus, 
yeah. you look around like, yo, what am I? And and I, and to get back to six figures, is it worth it? Right. Are you willing to do that? Do you want right. to go back down that road? So that's why I say when I had to make that decision, I literally had to make a decision of, am I going to actively pursue this? Yeah. Took one interview that off season, thought I was going to get the job. It was in California. Felt like it could have been right. My wife's from there. Um, it was it was at Bakersfield. I was at okay. Fresno. I'm like, it's a lower level. They do have a coach I respect and I feel like I could work for, but I just knew what that level looks like. Like when you've seen a higher level or a mid-major or yeah. mid-plus, yeah. and then you go back to the low level, you're like, yo, this is a different grind down here. Yeah. Yeah. You have less resources, less staff. Yeah. And then it's just hard to generate the perception that you're still this guy. Yeah. Right. So I it it made me have to make a decision of how bad do you really want that? Sure. And then I I was interviewing for a head coaching job, literally at UNT Dallas. People don't even know this is a school. North Texas has a school yep. in Dallas. Josh Howard, former NBA Maverick, yep. is the head coach. And they offered it Jason Terry before that. And I was third. Uh-huh. So I'm like, Jason Terry didn't take it. Josh Howard ended up taking it. And I was next. They don't have a gym, Alex. Yeah. They don't have a gym. They don't have housing for their athletes. And they only give you a limited, limited scholarship budget, like a thousand to your whatever tab. Right. So literally, it's almost like at that time, they don't have any plans for a gym, no plans for housing, and the scholarship budget isn't going to increase. So I'm like, but the salary was pretty good. Right. Salary would have been a raise. It wasn't quite six figures, but it was in that ballpark. I right. felt like I could do enough stuff around Dallas. But I'm like, I don't want to take this job. Yeah. But I want to do something different. So what what God did is He used the idea of interviewing for those jobs for me to think like a CEO, for me to think like a head coach, for me to think yeah. like somebody who's in charge. That's good. So, and so, what you say? Uh, start trying to to the girls. I guess we got a party. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're almost done because we've been on this for a minute. This stuff goes by so right. fast. Give me a second. Go back out there and play. Same as you, Capri. Thank you. <laughs> Just for a little bit. I'm almost done. So the uh so my, my wife did bring down the wine, but she also a lot of the kids to come down here, which I don't know how that happened. Right. Right. Well she she thinks she's slick. That's what it is. She's like, uh, get up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what last thing I'll ask you then is okay, so the transition happens, and I love the story. I love hearing everybody's story, right? That's right. what I always tell people. Because every, everybody has one, more you think. And yeah, hey, there's what are we doing? What are we doing? A story. You want to come over here? Come over here. If you're going to be in here, come over here. Otherwise, you got to go out. That's the, that's the rule. Well, where can I sit? Sit right here on my lap. Otherwise, you got to go. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> so where are you at now in terms of that headspace? Because I wanted to hop on here. I love this part. And talk trash. I love this part. But uh, you know, yeah, obviously, obviously, obviously the story right comes. So this is Janaya. Well, Say hi. Daddy's doing the interview. You want to you want to talk to, or you're good. You're just gonna play. Okay, you play. Um, now it feels like it, it's the, that's that's almost like perfect timing, right? It is <laughs> when you hey, get the you little happy you get the little happy story at the end. What are you doing? You just change the camera. You don't want to be on it. Okay, I can take you off. Or just sit a little bit more over there or sit in that chair. Here, you take this chair and take it over there. <laughs> That's funny. This, this this is the world. So 
before it was about managing 18, 19 year old and 20 year old kids. And now I get to do that at least with my own. So the yeah. extra effort and the extra time yeah. uh, needs to go there. So yeah, you can have that. Um, so yeah, the, the, the ironic part about now is like, we're going into the new year, right? January's coming. Yeah. We're off. We're in the holiday season. And every year we've started doing, we did this a while ago. My wife and I, we pick a word, one word to kind of focus on that, I, that makes you, the idea is you become that word, right? Okay. So if your word is, so instead of doing resolutions, my word last year was greater, right? Okay. I just want to be greater. Like we okay. had a good year in the pandemic or coming yeah. out of the pandemic, first year of business, and you can feel good. Yeah. But I'm like, I want to be greater because that's right. how I challenge myself as an as a former athlete. For sure. My wife's word was free. So she chose the word free because she wanted to be able to be more free and okay. her thoughts and her approach and like not overthink things and not sure. feel like please people or whatever. Yeah. So here we are at the end of the year and we I definitely am far, far greater. And she's definitely in the most free place she's ever been, which is awesome. Nice. So the idea is you think about this word kind of for the year and you become more of that word, right? Sure. Um, so this year we've been talking about it. And one of the words that uh, that she's considering doing is abundance, right? Okay. And, and my word st- kind of was around that. She's talked about it this Sunday in church, actually. And I wasn't sure what my word would be. But I think my word is a little bit more and almost like, K-N-O-W, just know, yeah. right? Instead of think about it, or maybe I'm it, like, let's talk about broadcasting. So instead of wondering, hey, am I doing a good enough job? Am I going to make it in this space? Am I whatever? Just know that you are, right? Instead well, I, think, of, I, I think one of the, one of the things – oh, go, and then I'll, t- I'll talk about it. No, no this word. is good. So, so, so long story short, the place we're in now, I think, is of those – places of knowing and in an abundance, like in yeah. our faith walk, knowing that we know how to sow the seeds. Now we've come out of the hardest space in our journey and in our life. So now you know what it takes to do yep. it. Just keep doing that yep. and pay it forward. You know what I mean? Yep. That's a part of our uh, approach. And the same way hers is abundance. is like, God has nothing but this abundance around us. Yep. College basketball almost conditions you to have a scarcity mindset. Right. Somebody asked me this about a uh oh it was about a year ago. Do you have a would you say you have an abundant mindset or a scarcity mindset? And I had never had anybody ask me that before. Yeah. But I was like, man, when I was in college basketball, I was and had a scarcity mindset. Yep. When I went to recruit, I didn't have that. But when it came to me and like my mindset in general, I did yep. have a little bit of that, right? Because it's just a crazy kind of space. Sure. So anyway, so that would say we're in the best place we've ever been in as a marriage, as a family, and just feels pretty in a humble way, very unstoppable in the sense of everything that we set out on our last vision board has come to life. Wow. I was trying to make a new vision board. Yeah. Just keep dreaming big, going big, being humble and hungry in the process, blessing others in the process, but also don't get in your own way. Yeah. That's the battle. Yeah. No, I, I'll only comment on your no, and then we can wrap it up. But that's Take funny. As much time as you need. The kids are going out. Good. Yeah. Okay. It's funny you bring that up because uh, I talked about this on another podcast where I read a book where it was saying, and I don't, I don't read books often. I don't like to just read okay. books. I like to, I'll listen to a book, but I like articles. I like discussion, that kind of thing. Yeah. But nonetheless, yeah. documentaries, all this stuff. But this book 
was talking about being enlightened. Like that's the, that's the way. Like focusing on the present. Which book was it? Do you remember? I'll text it to you. Yeah, please. I like it. Uh, um, Real quick for context, Chris Rock said, "You know how you hide things from black people? You put it in a book." I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm because black out, people don't read. I'm always out for knowledge, but it's just not, it's just reading books that are, that it comes are, in a different way. I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, in the book was based on faith. Which I'm not super strong in my faith, yeah. but but it was based on faith, and I did appreciate that part of the book. Yeah, but it, the big part of it was it intrigued you a little bit, like hmm. No, no, no. I I, I have a lot of thoughts, and that could be a whole another podcast in itself, yeah. which would probably yeah. be great, you know, with your side of it, um, because I don't, I'm not the person who denies it. I right. just don't. I'm just not as strong as I should be, and going into knowing, I would say it as I know I could be stronger. And I'm right. not, as opposed to right. someone who thinks they're good. Right. But nonetheless, so this book was talking about actually, as it relates to relationships, being enlightened in relationships by knowing, right? And and part of the knowing was like educating yourself, you know, looking at things for what they are, living in the moment. Right. The only things that can hurt you are the past and the future, because the past, obviously things that have happened, you think about them, you worry about them, you worry about them happening again, or if right. it's too good of a thing, you're you're riding high on this thing. It right. doesn't matter 100%. anymore. Versus the future, uh, it was talking about wishing. If if I won the lottery, then I'll be good because I have more money. Or if mm. if uh, once I get this job or once our business gets to this, we'll be great. As opposed to just living in the moment, like we're great right now. Um, you can take away a lot of hurt, almost all your hurt, if you just live for right now. Living right. for right now involves knowing, being enlightened, all that stuff. Well. I was gonna say to your to your point of knowing, um, I always think you can know more, and I felt like this book reinforced it. Right. Um, but the way I feel like I know more is I put all the work in. Like I'm a I'm a I I always hesitate because I hate to give myself too much credit, but I'm a I'm a hard worker. I feel like yeah. for me, when I get into something, I, I'm thorough and I and I do it all, and I'm gonna educate myself as much as I possibly can. Right. Um, within reason to where I have a confidence and that's where I've, I felt like you were talking about. I have a confidence because I know I've done all I can to know yeah, all prepared. I can. Right. I can Question. still be wrong. Right. Question. But Question. I, but Question. I, but I'm not ever just talking out of guessing. You right. know what I mean? And, so and if I you do, are, then you'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, I, I'm not sure about this, but whatever. But, right. but if I'm talking about something, I, I truly believe it. I think I'm right. Right? right. And so right. I let everybody know that too. Cause then if they have proof that I'm wrong, I want to know that because I want right. to know. And now I know because you fix it. So I, th I just thought that was an interesting point that you have, because I've really, since reading that book, I've always felt that way, but I felt like the book, especially this one chapter articulated it really well. Yeah. And now I feel that same way. I don't, I, you know, I don't know if that'll be my next year goal as much as it's just a, a goal to live by or, yeah. Or maybe even pat myself on the back because I feel like it explains yeah. the celebration. So yeah. we call that celebrations. We work yeah. with the kids, we work with clients of adult and kids. It's like yeah. you have to celebrate yourself. The culture we live in, it's yeah. uncomfortable to do it. Yeah. But who else is gonna do it? Like we yeah. have to be doing it because sure. we're gonna yeah. always think negativity bias the things we don't do. We're gonna sure. repeat that over and over and over. I didn't do yeah. this, I could have done this, I could have so I think giving ourselves grace, but in the knowing for me, part of what you just said, even in the broadcast is like you can overthink things, even though you've prepared, yeah. and be like, oh, well, it's like, just know 
it's it's just a sense of it is a sense of not being led by self doubt and right. being led by more security mm-hmm. and not just in so much yourself but in what you know this formula that works you sow yep. the seed you treat people well yep. you give generously you uh for us you tithe you you know i mean it's not always just going to church but you right. invest in your relationship and your faith walk and you do things that you sow the right kind of seeds the sure. positive seeds stuff's going to come back you yeah. know and if you don't limit your beliefs and think like we just had a huge monster of an opportunity that we were blessed with and we had the confirmation this morning in a meeting yep and it's like in some ways similar how how broadcasting's been for me like to be able to go back to SMU I'll use that one and I wasn't even looking for that specific. I was looking to get back to Texas. Right. But to be at that kind of level, that's right close to kind of the big 12, which is the highest status is BCS. Well, right. America's right there, but it's home. Yeah. So it's a, it's really a dream opportunity for me to be able to do that at home in the city, because at some point we'll move back there and yep. I don't have to figure out how to get plugged into that space. And then people know SMU's level and brand. So it only helps you as a resume thing. Right. And it's like, they were asking me, well, well, we, we, we may not be able to, it's like, I don't care about any of the logistics. We'll figure that out. Right. I want Let's, just do it. Let's just do it. I'll yeah. figure out the rest. You yeah. know what I mean? I think part of the knowing is now that I've seen these things work is like, you can go, you can create the life that we want. We can create yeah. it. So whatever we water, what's what we talk to our yeah. athletes about, will grow. We water the negativity in our mind and the doubts and the fears. Well, it's going to grow bigger and bigger and bigger, and it's going to eventually come to life. So I yeah. think just watering the stuff that we know we want and knowing that we can have it if it's meant to be from the good Lord. And if not, it's going to lead to something else great. It may not yeah. be what's on the left. Just like, just like you asked me, how did I know we were going to do this or how did I know it was time? Or I didn't really – know what I was going to be doing, but I knew it was time. I knew it was going to work out. It was scary as can be, but, you know, it's almost like once you've been through the scary part, you kind of develop a little bit of swagger. Like, wait a minute, like we can do this thing. You know, what's you know, what's actually funny. And this is where I'd love to end it. But what's funny is, man, maybe you listen to this back. Think about how you explained the jobs you were looking for when you were in your low time and you were unsure and all that stuff. Versus right. how you just explain going after that opportunity. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It gets, it's really funny because it's, you said, do I want to take half of my salary and what's it going to take for me to get back here? As opposed right. to over there, they're like, the, yeah, yeah, you're like, don't worry about it. Let's I don't even care about the let's money. Let's just do it. Let's just That's do it. That's the crazy part. And people yeah. ask me all the time, I'll end with this too. How did you get in it? First opportunity, absolutely free. On the yeah. radio, free volunteer they let me do it and i probably put in legitimately four hours of prep for four, for a weekend of games like two yeah. games back to back for sure not even four hours it was probably more like eight but it was four hours in one particular day yeah and i remember thinking like man i've literally put in some but i even it even i didn't even notice it you yeah. know what i mean and so the next opportunity i get was the same thing but it was free but I literally begged them more or less right. and hounded them. Just give me the opportunity. You do not have to pay me. Right. You do not have to pay me. Just let me get on. Right. So from that, then it led to 
when I did my first thing and I got to turn into something, I got a check back. I'm like, wait a minute, I can get paid to do this. Right. Like, exactly. It didn't even hit my mind. Until right. then. And same thing happened with SMU. I did three games and I ran into the, uh, there's a producer and there's kind of another guy who coordinates with the producer. And he's the guy who's, you know, the guy who pays you. And like, I'm literally unlocking the car, walking in and he's like on this little golf cart pulls right. up to me. He's like, Hey, I got to pay you. I was like, Oh yeah, I get paid for this. You know, right. he literally writes the check right there, hands it to me. And I'm looking and I'm thinking like, this is, this is a surreal moment. Right. I didn't even think about that part of it. So to your for point, sure. I think I just tell people all the time, just actually chase what you want to do, yeah. what you're passionate about, which is what you're doing right. uh, in different parts. And if you can get to a place, I think the first chapter of your life helps you build the next chapter. And I don't know what it's like for younger people, because you do have to have some stripes in the game. So people right. feel like you have some credibility for whatever it is you're doing. Right. right. You got to put your hours in, whatever that looks like. And, and, What's funny is I say this all the time. If imagine if you would have listened to everyone that tried to tell you something, whether it be your dad, whether it be someone who, you know, if I can, every time I'm talking to a younger person, I'm like, just, just listen, like just listen to realize that they're wrong, but at least listen and find out that they're wrong because I think that's the, the takeaway for someone younger is, if you listen, someone's going to tell you what, you know, how you got to maneuver or, or someone's going to tell you something that's going to show you, Oh, I, that's why I don't do it that way. But, but if you just listen, but no, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you Will Smith has a great quote that I absolutely love. He says, he said, um, he said, no one can tell you what you should do with your life, but you, he's right. like, people can give you a gym. They can give you something along the way. But you have to be just crazy enough to listen to the voice inside of you. That's sure. the voice to listen to more right. than the voices outside of you. Because the voices outside of you, and Jay-Z talks about a lot too, is just some of the people I think about that have been highly successful at a time when black men weren't doing the things that they've done. Sure, They've broken all kinds of records right. as black men in the space to make people like us think, oh, Will Smith did it, or Jay-Z did it, or this Kevin Hart did it, or whoever. Insert person's name here, right? Right. So they did it before it was done in a sense of, and Jay-Z's thing is like, they sometimes, people want to protect you from what they think they couldn't do, or they want to protect you from hurt, harm, or what they think may be danger. But ultimately, like, if you don't listen to this voice, you just have a certain sense of, and it's hard, and you have to have a certain sense of fear. You just have to have a certain sense of belief in listening to what's going on inside of you, yep. the desires of your heart, where you feel like you're gifted, because usually when you operate in your gifts, that's how you were designed to be. That's why it's a gift. That's why it's easy for you to do those things. That's why you're passionate about it. That's why you feel energized to do it. Right. And when you're operating in those spaces, it doesn't feel like work. And when, and, and sometimes like case in point, my 40th birthday, I just turned 40 this last uh, summer. And my sister-in-law asked me, did you think you'd be doing when you were 20 what you're doing now at 40? I said, I didn't even know it existed, to be yeah, honest. Right. Most of it. Right, right. Because it didn't exist because there was right. no social media. You know, right. a lot of stuff happens on social media in this world. And now the digital networks that you can broadcast on, they didn't have all those. Didn't have that many TV broadcasts. There was no exactly. ESPN Plus. So, right. yeah, all these different things I didn't know. 
But I think the part, and I think that's the part that gets scary is like, well, how do I get from here to here? And we grow up in academic world that says, be safe, have your 401k, keep your health insurance so you can right. make sure you have security. It's like this right. safe thing, but you got to go for some stuff that doesn't always make sense and just follow what you know you're good at and will know what you love. For sure. And it just kind of makes sense along the way. You got to have enough crazy that you're just going to go for it and keep going. And you got to give yourself a timeline, give yourself a two to three year window. Now you can't just, Oh, nothing happened. I'm just sitting at home. You got to do the work. I think that's where young people get it twisted. You got to do yeah. the work, which is a, it's not a straight. It's not a straight line. It's not like I'm going to go to school. I'm going to major in this. I'm going to get this internship and then I'm going to have this job and I'm going to be a CEO. No, right. it doesn't work like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is funny because, uh, you know, once again, it's easier for you to say that now after you've been through this transition 100%. and all that stuff. 100%. And so it's you know, super interesting, super interesting. But yeah, we, we, yeah, uh, thanks for the time. Thanks for no, the time. No, no, I mean, thank you. It was, it was great. I'm a, I'll make sure I cut out those couple of times. Cheers, that the, cheers uh, again to the ice cubes. That, <laughs> well, I don't have anybody bringing me refills. I know that's, that's you got to work on that. Uh, well, today at least. But <laughs> he looked around like, "Well, today." <laughs> Anyways, but uh, but no, man. I so appreciate what? So what is that part? What is? I'll ask this question to you. What does the next chapter of your journey look like, and how do you want it to look like? Because that's so, part of the thing. It's a conversation. Like it's easy for me to sit here. But you have made some shifts yeah. in your transition in the pandemic. So you're still so pursuing funny, things. Yeah. What is it? What's funny is I think about that every day. Yeah. Because I'm I'm on I'm on a place where my my own my my nine to five is doing okay, and it yep. can support some other things. So so I'm like on this brink. Hold on. And I think the I think the book is now I look is right over here. So I'll make sure I tell you before we get off here. Yeah, but um. I feel like I'm right on this brink where it's like, if I'm going to really chase a passion, a next passion, because like I said, I'll put my hands in a bunch of different stuff. If I'm going to chase a next passion, I really do love this stuff. Yep. Then I need to go harder than I go now. Yeah. And in and, and part of, you know, this is an example of it, right? Like I came at you hard about doing this and, and making sure I'm going to other people the same way and staying consistent and doing all those things. Yep. But, but yep. there's about, three steps. And to your point, I have a plan on how I want to do those. And, and that's part of why I haven't really gone hard because I, I don't want to uh, not execute the plan, if you will. Sure. But at For the sure. same time, I don't, to your point, I don't want it to just go away either. So, so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, t toe in the water, if you will. I haven't jumped in the water, but I, but I have a plan for how I want to. And I really do want to chase it and see to your point where it goes. Right. Because I don't have to make, I'm not at rock bottom. It's so funny because I said this to someone the other day. I said, I you know, most people make changes when they're at rock bottom. I'm not at rock bottom. Why would I not just make a change while it's a little bit easier for right. me? So, so that's I think a, people that's make a change. When I think people make a change when they're either at rock bottom and they're looking for a certain fulfillment, or right. they're at a place of. Any place of plateau, rack yeah. bottom technically is like right. I'm down here, but it's yeah. flat. You're right, you're right. I should and say I need forced to go too. When people yeah. are forced to make, and I'm not forced to make a change, which is a, which is a, a position of strength, if you will. But you're but you're also in a place of you're not challenged right now, probably in some ways that keeps your interest in a way that 
energizes you for sure and that's and that's why i have a plan for the change because I, like i said i think i'm in a position of strength where i'm not forced to make this sure. change which, sure. which you know being content can can uh handcuff you as well like you said but with with the knowledge that i have and making a plan for it and just knowing hey at this, I, I need to make a timeline like you said but make a timeline and say okay by this date i'm gonna do this and that's going to jump off the plan. Um, so, so maybe we need to have another one where I report yeah. back. I need anytime, to take a step I think, I think anytime when you're in insecurity or an abundance of security, you need change. Right. Because you almost just get the cycle of life. Just You got to get uncomfortable again. Right. For sure. You're probably too comfortable in the sense of like, man, I got these pay, I got this taken care of. I'm, like, I'm kind of good. So yeah. it doesn't force you to have to go get it. For sure. In way that when you're in a hole, like, you either got to go get it or you're just going to stay there for sure. Which people do stay there. Like it does yeah. happen. But no, and people stay there their whole life. No doubt. And so I think that's the part where like, anytime you're in that space, it just, there's this challenge of getting uncomfortable either yep. way. Yep. Got to get uncomfortable to get to the other side. And I think that's the part when I say knowing it's like, you know, the process now yep. you got to get uncomfortable to go to the next yep. place. You know what I mean? I think and, the I, cool and I've part. done that before too. So and you so know, so you point. know, and you're an athlete yeah. too. So you know yeah. what it means to go through an off season and transformation of your game or your skill development or your right. mental, whatever it may be. You know that. So I think yeah. that's what we have that uh that power. But I, I I think I'll end it with uh part of what I would say too is that so the word, the one word challenge is what we embrace. Yeah. It's different in every season. That's the fun part about it. So your season right now is calling you to go. Yeah. Calling you to go yeah. or invest or whatever yeah. the word is, yeah. is calling for that thing. Like just action. go. For action it. one way or another. Action. action. Maybe yeah. that's the word. Whatever it is, it's calling for that. Yeah. Like ours is almost like you've been through that part and you're yeah. like year three. So it's like now you're here. Like sometimes what happened, my, one of my boys told me this. I'll never forget this. And it was a, a, a key point after i was at this highest point of my career right right and he said to me never forget this man he said you were working so hard to be the person that you already were you already were you already yeah. were next up yeah he, you were trying to be next up as if you were still at the bottom level right you still were carrying that with you at this level right you didn't have to anymore you had to make a shift yeah and when he said that the, the best part about that, how I think God used that is I heard it in that season and I can look back and see it. Cause I didn't have that job anymore. And it made so much sense. And I was like, man, I, I don't, I don't know if I would have ever known I was there unless somebody outside of me that knew me well enough could confirm that. Right. Right. I just, I just the humility in me, the, 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 the blinders on it you have to put on. Right. Right. So what happened though, is now that same voice I hear now in this season to say, you don't have to try to be that anymore. You're that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. know that that's the part of the knowing now. Yeah. know it and walk in it. And then you can have a different approach. And that's the same. That's the only way you can take the next step. A hundred percent, because otherwise you're still chasing and climbing and people are kind of looking at you like, yo, this, the, the, you, you lose your credibility. Yeah. That you well, yeah, because you're, you're trying to take steps you've already taken. Right. It's like, it's like, it's like when you're the girl, you're the guy that's trying to get the girl and you already got her. Like, why are you trying so hard now? Yeah. Like, you try hard to be great to her, but you got to yeah. know, like, yo, we good. You yeah. know what I mean? And it happened to me in marriage, to be honest. I I was trying so hard to a point where God was calling that same thing. Like, 
you're good. Yeah. He knows. You yeah. should know. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't have to prove it. This one day or this one week doesn't define it. Like, yeah, you, you have a body of work. You know what I mean? So, yeah, everybody has a different call in a different season. So I would I would challenge you yeah. in the meantime, what's your word for January? For the year, but by January, you want to have a word. And then secondly, I, man, I never would have thought vision board. I thought it was corny. I thought it was whack. I thought I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. One of my college coaching friends did a vision board before they won a national championship and had so many things on it, won a national championship. And I bought into it before that, but it was amazing to see him win the national championship because I knew a part of what was on his vision board. And the fact that him and his wife had actually done it. And I was just like, you know what? Before he won one, I was like, we're going to do it. And we did it. And literally like, it can feel like, okay, I'm done. I've I've seen them come to fruition myself too. Yeah, See, I so had I, I hadn't seen that part. I've seen like goals and you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, but a vision board it takes some time to like come up with it. Yeah, we had to Google pictures, yeah. save them, print them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to make no, it. I, I, yeah, I get. I agree. Like high school, like like high school, you cut out the magazines, yeah. right? But yeah. now you just Google it. So anyway, uh, yeah, I just think there's power in when it, when there's a vision and it's clear. Now you know what you're going after. So that's what I was saying. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, all love. Nothing but. Brian Burton, Name Change Podcast. Uh, oh, the book. Hold on. Before, right before we go. The book. Let me look at what it is. And for those that don't know why he's getting his book, his backdrop. I mean, the windows, the 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 the, the brick, the, the the pain, you know, all that. It's just, it's, it's impressive. It's a nice little setup. Can't wait to go to the studio. <laughs> Thanks. Come on. It's The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Powerful book. I think we have that. I think my dad bought that for my wife. Read I have not read it yet. It's upstairs. I, I I took a whole bunch of notes in it. And like I said, like to go from someone who doesn't read to right. to took took a whole bunch of notes is I'm impressed with myself. The highlighted and everything. I, see that? I would say I would say this to you though. This is what I said. This is impressive. I, I you those that can't see, it's impressive if you're listening. If you see it, you see it. Um this is one thing I learned too. And I told my wife is like, I'm in the best place in my life for consistency. But I would say to you and to anyone listening and even to myself to go where I want to go next, I got to do different things that I've never right. done. I can do some of the same. I got to keep the same ingredients, but I also got to do some things I've never done before and right. embrace that uncomfortable out of my comfort zone. And so for you to read that book, I would say part of your action is probably to do more of that because it brings out a different side of you that even though you don't do it that way and we justify it in our mind, like, well, I do my learning these ways, but right. God may challenge you like, yo, if you read books, it's going to take you to the place you want to go. So sure. I would challenge you to say, you probably have a few more things like that, that like you don't fully embrace, but if you, when you do, you yeah. know, unlock a different part of you that you're like unstoppable. For sure. I'm going to take a look. Let's do it. All right. Appreciate it, man. Yep. Enjoyed it, man. And and tell them I'm sorry for holding you down so long. Now you're good. This is part of the life. They know what it is. I'm All present right. enough that when it's yeah. time to be plugged in, they, they know. Well, good, good, good. All right, man. Well, I appreciate it. Name Change Podcast, Brian Burton. Uh, we'll have to do another one. Keep watching him. I'll put his uh, his uh, Instagram handle on the on the podcast and, and follow him up. So, yeah, All right. And, ne- and next time I'll come back. 
I would not be surprised if he has sponsors. He's reading scripts from people that are paying him <laughs> to produce this podcast. I would not be surprised. I don't know how soon I'm coming back, but I would not be surprised if there's new elements to the podcast other I'm, than just backgrounds. I'm working on it. It's, it's coming. I appreciate it. All right, we out. All right, peace.